Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, the team is on winter break right now, and you might be too, so this week we're treating you to some of our favorite food and drink episodes from the year, like our deep dive into why Heinz ketchup isn't just an option, it's the only option for fries. We're revisiting our conversation with gastro-obscura writer Sam Lynn Summer to talk about how this, well, once local brand, ended up dominating the market. There were wars. It's Tuesday, December 27th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So Sam, before we get into the ketchup wars, uh, how were people making ketchup before it got mass-produced? Yeah, from my understanding, and I will say like a lot of what I've learned is from the scholarship of this one ketchup historian <laughs> named Andrew F. Smith. He wrote this book, Pure Ketchup, um, where he like digs into a lot of this. I didn't even know you could like specialize, be a, be a ketchup specialist. I don't know. It's a job I feel like I would qualify <laughs> for. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are the different ways, though, of, of producing ketchup historically? Because I think it is something that people think there's only one way to do it mash up some tomatoes and some other things and and you got ketchup yeah so there used to be tons of different ways of doing it and like catsup originally comes from this chinese word Mm. that refers to fermented fish sauces so ketchup at its root is this type of fermented sauce that originally like british people tried to copy from asian people Mm. and then in the u.s people started making it Um, with tomatoes in the 1800s, but they made it with mushrooms, they made it with apples, um, they made it with anchovies. There used to be just a million different flavors, a million different textures. It could be really runny, it could be brown, it could be closer to yellow. What? Um, It could be more sour, more bitter, you know. So we just ended up with like, There were all of these different ketchup flavors and then just one emerged from from the heap and it's now what we consider ketchup. One great ketchup emerged. Uh, And that's (laughs) Heinz. There's always a bit of a a, a little bit of element of danger, I guess, when you're fermenting anything. For one, you know, the pressure can build up, the gases can build up. Uh, You could also probably like, I don't know, poison yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess kind of during that time, was it... Was it dangerous at all to be making ketchup? Yeah, it was. And I think that's part of what got me interested (laughs) in this is that I came across these old articles um, or or old like pieces of history where ketchup bottles, when when they were fermented and maybe not fermented properly or not taken care of properly, they would explode. And that was like a really big problem. Just explode. (laughs) Yeah, well, what what, what I can tell you is that I like went into these newspaper archives and first I searched for when I when I saw one example of it I then searched for like explosion ketchup Mm -hmm. and first I was like oh that's weird nothing's really coming up I guess it wasn't a big thing and then I searched for explosions catsup and there were like whole world opened up so many articles like articles after articles like on from all over the country and it would just be these articles about like a young girl like 
touched a bottle of ketchup at her house and it had been sitting there for a long time and it just like exploded and shards hit her and all this stuff. So it was like actually, it was actually an issue. What did the companies do to protect people? Because that seems wildly illegal to just have bottles of things exploding in your home. Yeah, it was definitely a liability. And, <laughs> to um, say the least. Yeah, to say the least, yeah. Uh, I think the way that most most companies dealt with it is with lots and lots of preservatives. Mm -hmm. And often, like, you know, unhealthy amounts of preservatives. Um, so that would be a way of, like, halting the fermentation. So, so it, was, it was interesting because it was, like, my understanding is that back in the earlier 1800s, fermentation was sort of what made ketchup really appealing to people. Like... Um, you know, it could alter the flavor. And it also meant that fermented ketchup could last for like seven years, or at least that's what people claim. Mm -hmm. um, but then it just became this big issue and they needed to do whatever they could to stop fermentation. How does all this connect to H.J. Hines company and its, and its owner, Henry Hines? Yeah, so at first, Hines was actually one of the many people that used preservatives. You know, it was, it was kind of the, the industry standard at the time. Mm -hmm. Um but Heinz was ahead of his time in a lot of ways. And he was, he was in some ways, like in, in, in terms of manufacturing food and marketing it, he was sort of a visionary. Yeah, definitely marketing. Yeah. And I don't know how much of this is PR, but at the very least, he, he maintained like really clean factories and cared a lot about that. Mm -hmm. um, he like would have laundry services and manicure services for his, his workers because he wanted them to have like clean nails when they were handling bottles. All of it just to say, from the get-go, I think Heinz put a lot of focus on on keeping a lot of stuff out of food. Basically, the game changer for Heinz was when he figured out how to make ketchup without preservatives. And that took a long time. Hey, Pittsburgh. Behind those stately red doors on Bingham Street, the brilliant minds at Pittsburgh's City Theater have a brand new stage show for you. It's a modern revamp of the Shakespearean classic Hamlet. Fat Ham follows a young queer black man named Juicy, whose father visits from beyond the grave to demand Juicy avenge his murder. Check it out through March 24th and get your tickets at citytheatercompany.org. Use code CITYCAST, all one word, for $5 off. So how did Heinz make a preservative-free ketchup? Heinz had a scientist on his team who he tasked with trying to, to figure it out. Because basically there was this whole movement against, against preservatives and adulteration. And Heinz was very, um, he was clever. And on the one hand, he had this moral sense of like, we need to provide good food for people. On the other hand, he knew that if he did that, if he pushed for that, and he established himself as the guy who makes clean preservative free ketchup, he would make a lot of money from it. So he had a scientist who was working on it for a while. There were lots of failed experiments, mm -hmm. but eventually he hit on something that did help uh, prevent spoilage without preservatives. What was in it? What was what's what's the secret to to preservative free ketchup? The secret is a lot of vinegar, mm. boiling it just the right way, but like bringing it down to a sort of thicker, sludgier consistency and sanitizing it really, really carefully. Um, and I th and some people would say uh, it, it also tended to have more sugar in it too. And what I think is really interesting about it is that basically people had already figured out how to do this. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't Heinz who invented it. Like 
he got they they kind of figured it out on their own and then um a a woman sent like mailed him her recipe for for ketchup yeah i saw that in your article she was from pennsylvania they thought her recipe tasted even better so they adopted it um which is crazy because it's like some random lady is responsible for the most amazing ketchup in the world you know that's actually a really good point i I think you could say yes yeah that family probably hasn't seen a dime of that ketchup money definitely not definitely not i don't know so i guess eventually once heinz figured out this is the recipe this is what we're going with what 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 Mm -hmm. ensued after that so then heinz spent more money on advertising than any other company in the ketchup industry had ever done before Mm. and he posted warnings to consumers in magazines everywhere that said like warning the u.s government says that benzoates are bad for your health and he posted in grocery in like these grocery journals to try to tell grocers like Benzoates are on their way out, and you should you should catch up. He 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 made a burn book about benzoates. In the- <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and then there was like a huge pushback, and there's like this big lobby of ketchup manufacturers that started saying that basically warning people like, if you eat this benzoate free ketchup, you're gonna have to deal with like exploding bottles and stuff like that. Um, and and they public they sort of spread rumors of there's some rumor of like a priest who got hit with an exploding ketchup bottle, and not the priest. And I love how they prayed on prayed on. It has <laughs> to be the priest. We have to make exactly the man of the cloth is hurt. We yeah, to, you know, yeah. That's a that's a a great marketing campaign. But eventually, I guess Heinz, you know, kind of won the battle, and they won out as as the top ketchup. The upper echelon of ketchups. Yes, that's true. By 1911, they dominated the ketchup market and, generally speaking, have done so since then. But one thing is true, and that is that Heinz is uh, the supreme ketchup. Fair. Fair. (laughs) Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great talking. You can read Sam's article on the ketchup wars at Gastro Obscura. We'll include a link in our show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city, so we'll see you then. Ketchup stands for this kind of thickness with this kind of taste. Heinz. Heinz is the